Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go through over 1 Timothy, uh, the second chapter. Uh, this week, uh, you know, in just my own personal time, I uh, was reading the scripture as I do. Uh, when I'm praying along these lines, and um, uh, the Lord kind of had me stay here for a little bit, and uh, so a few things I want to talk about tonight. I thought, you know, I'll I'll, I'll mention that the next time I minister, and I kind of will mention it. And uh, I felt impressed. We need to camp out for a few moments, and uh, on this, and um, so I've got a lot of different things kind of jotted down. This is not uh, one of my most organized messages. Uh, so be believing God with me, but. It's never things that are on my heart to, to talk about. But the scripture here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, we've, we've been reading this now for a while. It says, Therefore I exert first, exhort, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. Remember the one translation says places of influence, high influence. That, may we, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence or dignity, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so, like I said, you know, just my own personal time, uh, you know, uh, praying would, would Lord direct me. You know, we we're, I read this scripture to kind of uh, kind of get my faith motivated and directed, and, and praying for for our leaders in our country. And. Um, uh, the Lord just, I guess, spoke to me about a few things and, and began to begin to talk to me about this. You know, we've, if you didn't know it, our, our church is called to prayer. It's one of the things that there's a, a grace upon our church to be a praying church. And that's not a small thing. I hope you realize that's a big thing because um, um, prayer is, is vital. Something that they said in prayer school when I was in Tulsa that uh, anything that, uh, that I, don't, I forget the exact wording that Leanne used to say all the time in prayer school when we were there, but Anything not spoken out in prayer will die unborn. Anything not spoken out in prayer will die unborn. And so, uh, how many know the will of the Lord doesn't just happen because the Lord wills it? The, the will of the Lord happens because, yes, He wills it, but His people get behind it. We speak it out, we pray it out, and then we walk it out, right? We obey and do what He tells us to do. So prayer is a, uh, a vital component of that. And we really don't have any other uh, reference uh, that I can think of off the top of my head in the Scriptures that it says that, uh, uh, making tremendous power available other than prayer. Uh, we know that our confession is important. We know that all these things are important. But when the Bible says when we pray, uh, the effective, heartfelt, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And, and there's no other scripture that, that talks like that or says things like that. That is, in order, in order for us to get the job done, we need power. I think, uh, by and large, the body of Christ and, and, and the church through the generations, you know, has been, has, uh, the times we've been ineffective is because we've tried to do it in ourselves, tried to figure it out, tried to come up with some new scheme or some new plan. And, and obviously, you know, uh, uh, planning and ideas and these things are good. Uh, there's, no, there's nothing necessarily in, in, uh, wrong with those in and of themselves, but when we rely upon those things... <clears throat> and not rely upon the Spirit first, upon what the Word says and the direction of the Spirit of God, then, then we just become another organization. 
How many know God didn't call us just to be some civic organization or just somebody who does good deeds? We're to do things in power. That's what makes us different is that we should, we've been called to and we have the ability to walk in power individually and as a body, the body of Christ, and even as a local church, we have the ability to walk in power. Well, without prayer, there's no power made available. So uh, prayer is an important thing, and I know it's something that, um, unfortunately, uh, and I've, I've been here at, at times in the past as well, it's not necessarily something that people are always excited about. Because, I mean, a prayer is work. Prayer is work. There's work. There's effort. Uh, there is self-denial in prayer. And that's probably the greatest work of all is saying no to your flesh and, and uh, disciplining yourself and keeping your mind, and I don't mean anybody else, but keeping your mind disciplined. And uh, uh, it's, there's work involved, and, 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 but there's grace for it. It's good to know that anytime we've been called to do something, there's grace to walk it out. Anytime that there is a call or, or a directive or, or a requirement or a need that the Lord has of us, there's always grace to do it. Grace is God's ability. Grace is his ability to do something that's not human, it's not natural, but is divine, and it's of God, and there's power behind it. Well, there's grace there for us to pray. And, um, and so, you know, we, we want to, uh, like I said, this is something I believe the Lord has called our church to. And I do think that there is a special grace upon us. Uh, to pray. And, you know, one reason, you know, I would say that I think because, uh, because the body of Christ as a whole, and I think we could probably all admit at times in our own lives, we've not prayed as much as we should have. There's prayer that needs to be done. And so anytime where there's something that's missing, then somebody's got to make it up. And uh, what, what a blessing it is. What an opportunity it is to be used of God to make up something in the spirit realm, to make up something that he's needing. When I say make up, I mean like invent something. I mean, to catch up, to, 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 to like make up work, catch up work, right. To, to get things back on track, to get things to back to where they need to be. Really anything the Lord asks us to do, it's a blessing. A little side thought. Uh, it's a blessing to serve. It's a blessing to be used by God. It is an honor to be used by God. No matter what it is, it's an honor to be used by God. I was, uh, one minister had said, you know, see, he'd made the comment. He said, never, never beg people to serve in your church. Never beg people to, to serve because, uh, uh, you can make, put a need out there, let people know what you're needing, what, what we're needing to do, what we're wanting to do, but don't beg people to do it because you want people to do it for the wrong reason. They need to do it because it's an honor to do it. This is, this is his business. This is his body. This is his church, Right. That's his parking lot. Those are, those are his chairs. Those are his bathrooms. It's his stuff. They belong to him. And we get to be a part of that. Amen. What a blessing it is. And uh, so we're grateful for that. But um, the Lord, is, I believe, has, has asked us to, to, uh, to pray. And you know, we've got great turnout on Monday nights. And I'll, I'll do a plug for Monday night prayer. If you're not coming and you can, come. Uh, you know, when I say you can, I mean, what I mean by that is, we know there are times where you can't, but, but let's not let's let everything be a reason why we can't. Uh, let's make it a priority and, and then uh, trust God to, to direct us and work those things out. But um, like I said, I was reading the scripture, and like I always do before I pray for the nation and for, for our leaders and people of influence in our country. And I know some people might say, oh, you know, we talk, but we've talked about this a lot here recently. Yeah, we have. And, you know, I got to thinking, it's hurricane season, isn't it? Are we in hurricane season now? When does hurricane season end? I don't even, I don't, it's December. Is that longer than normal? Or is that, no, it's, it's always, okay, all right. But the, the, the busy part of hurricane season is 
August and September. So we're, we're as Floridians, I know it's this time of year, I didn't realize it went to all the way to December, but um, it's hurricane season. What's the best time to prepare for a hurricane? Before a hurricane? You know, I, I actually, this afternoon, I was thinking about this, and I realized I've got a generator at the house, and it's hurricane season. I know the busy time is August and November. What did I say? August... September is before November. So, uh, yes, August and September, those are the busy seasons for a hurricane season. And, um, you know, I have a generator at the house. But, uh, uh, you know, when, when my grandmother passed away, we were getting things at, at her house situated. And she had an extra, nicer, newer generator. And so it's at my house. And, um, you know, I brought it to the house and put it in the garage, put it right next to the, the old one that I have, you know. And, and uh I was like, you know, I will make sure this thing is working because it's been in the garage for their garage for many, many years. So I don't know if it works or not. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll get this thing working. Well, today I realized, you know, hurricane season, we're in hurricane season. Not that I'm living by in fear of hurricane season, but how many know if you've ever been in a hurricane, having power is better than not having power. Having electricity is wonderful. Being able to keep the fridge going. Uh, turn on ceiling fans in the house, you know, or, or all, it's a wonderful thing. So I realized, you know, it, hurricane season is here, and uh, I've yet to have that generator checked out. Now, my old one works because I know it's working, but the new one, if I want to use it, I need to do something with it. Well, if I'm going to do it, it's probably better to do that now than to wait until there's a storm brewing, especially one that we know that even then we've all been there, right? You know, it's hurricane season. There's a storm out there. We don't pay attention to it. Oh, there's, you know, a hurricane, hurricane Deborah's out there, you know, coming off the coast of Africa and, and she's mean, you know, she's real windy, you know, she's got a lot of hot air, you know, and kind of like our own Deborah. But anyway, uh, you think, oh, you know, hurricane Deborah's out there and you think, wow, uh, you know, it's, but it's way far out there. You don't know where it's going to go. You really don't know what it's going to do. It could go anywhere. And, and so it gets closer and, you know, the, the Weather Channel updates their forecast, you know, uh, every five seconds, you know, and it's the worst thing ever. And, uh, uh, and then we wait until we, it gets a little closer. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit the Caribbean. Oh, okay, so now I need to pay attention to it. You know, it's not just going to spin off into the Atlantic. And, and then, but we wait a little longer. Well, let's see where it goes. It may go here, it may go there. I don't know if anybody else does this, but typically people have a tendency to wait sometimes to the last minute. How I many know if you want to have power at your house, it's not the best time to take your generator to the small engine repair shop to have them check it out when there's one three days away from you. Because all the other knuckleheads like myself have their generator, right, at the small engine repair shop all wanting it to be done. And there's only so many hours in the day because they have things to do as well. And that's true with buying food, doing whatever is necessary uh, for those kind of things. Well, you know, in, in the area of, of prayer where our nation is concerned, he said, therefore, I, I exhort first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority or positions of influence, right? And so we have the, script, the Lord's scripture on this. And, um, and I think we've, we've, we've been learning some lessons of, in the last few years about how to do this. I think in times past, maybe we've waited longer than we should have on things. And, um, and, you know, the best time to pray about a storm is when it's just come off the coast of Africa versus when it's right off the coast of Florida. And, um, and uh, so, you know, it, it's, important, it's better that we address things early rather than later. And um, like I said, I've got a, a lot of different things jotted down here. Um, a lot of times why we're slow to address things because our priorities are out of line. A lot of times why we're slow to do things is our priorities are, 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 are maybe not where they need to be. And, um, 
in reading this verse, and I'll just let's just let's look at the verse again. It says, uh, "We're in, therefore I exert first exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men." And that includes the ones we like, the ones we don't like, the ones that are, that look like us, agree with us, whatever. No, it says all men, all women, right? For kings and all who are in authority or positions of influence. You know, it, it's really silly and, and short-sighted of us to not pray for those that, that just because we don't like them, right? It's really short-sighted for us to not exert real prayer, when, when I say that, I mean like so your heart's actually attached to it, like you're actually paying attention to what you're doing versus a, a throw it out the window prayer and see if something sticks, you know, kind of a prayer. But an actual uh, spending time praying. But it says to pray for all men that we may, we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. You know, the Lord, uh, uh, the Father, wants us to live quiet and peaceable lives. He said that uh, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. I'm glad our dad, our Heavenly Father, is a good dad. He, he's, he is the best role model. He's the best example of being a father. As a parent, I want my children to have the best. I want my children to have better than what I had. I want them to experience more, more than I did. I want them to, to, to go further than me. I was just talking to one of the boys the other day. I, I want you to go further than me. I want you to do better than me, you know, and, and because I, I know it's in you, right? But I want you to build on what, what we've done, what your mom and I have done, what your grandparents have done. We want you to build on these things because we know it's in you and we know it's possible. Well, God always wants us to be moving up. He always wants us to, uh, to be progressing. And um, he, 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 he wants to, serving God, there's good things attached to serving God. So there's good things attached to serving God. He's a, he's a blessing. He's a rewarder. He's not a taker. He's not a, he's not a diminisher. He's a rewarder, right? And uh, so obviously we want and we need quiet and peaceful lives. Um, you know, thinking about this, uh, you know, when you look in history, uh, I know right now there's a lot of things being said about America and a lot of people... Uh, we're going to get to the point here in just a minute, but um, people talking about America and, 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 and the troubles of America. I will say this, I've traveled enough to know that there's no other place I'd rather be than here. And not just because it's home, because I've been other places. And if you've traveled outside the States, there's a lot of beautiful places, but, but there's something unique about here. And I will say this, God's hand of blessing has been upon our nation, our leaders, our, our, our people of influence, where we are here in our nation, uh, because there's been no other nation in history that's done more for the gospel than our nation. And, and so I believe God wants to continue uh, to bless us. And, and we, he wants us to lead quiet and peaceful lives. You know, think about communist nations in times past. And there, is, there are spirits, there are uh, uh, spiritual forces that are trying to cause things to happen in our country, in our nations. If you're not aware of it, you know, you can, we can look around and see and, and see that it's there. These things are happening, and and I will say this: you know, you think of nations, communist nations, and different ones. I know when uh, uh, communism took over China, uh, uh, you know, there was a church that was there. They had a there was a church presence. There was a body of Christ in the in the in that region. And um, today, there's a there's the church is is a you can say this: the church is growing rapidly in China. I mean, there's a lot of things happening there. People are getting saved and and born again at at a very fast rate. Uh, but before this, uh, there was an even larger church. But when you start jailing pastors and shutting down churches and arresting Christians, 
uh, uh, that it, for a, a long time, it hindered what God wanted to do. And, um, you know, I would say this of, of the believers in China now, they are, they are sold out. They are very committed. You, you don't have half-hearted believers in China right now. You don't have half-hearted believers. I just read the other day, you know, in Nigeria, uh, you know, there's things happening in Nigeria right now that, that uh, Islamists have, have, have infiltrated and there's the government and, and Christians are being, all these things are happening. Well, you know, obviously those people who are, who are believers there, you, you have to really believe what you say because it can cost you everything. There's no lukewarm, they don't have a lukewarm church in Nigeria or in, in China. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, it, we, we need not have lukewarmness here just because we don't have that kind of persecution, right? We, we need not have, and, and let's, let's make it more personal, we need not be lukewarm ourselves in our own lives, in our own families, in our own, our own, our own sphere, right? We need not be lukewarm about things just because it's, there's, there's liberty and freedom and there's not as much pressure, right? We, we, need, we need not let that, that lull us to sleep. I've traveled to Europe that were post-Christian nations, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the, what, the representation of the church there is very small as to what it could be. And people too often, in the lack of persecution, step back. We don't need that to happen. So uh, the, obviously the Lord wants us to lead quiet and peaceful lives. It's, it's important that we do that. He, wants, he said it's good and acceptable in the sight of God. And, and just as a, a side thought, you know, we need not be alarmed by things. Go over, to, go over with me to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Hold your, your place there in, uh, in uh, 1 Timothy. Go over to uh, Philippians, the fourth chapter. Scripture I know that, that we know. This is a, a side note to what I thought would be a side note message. Uh, Brother Hagin used to say, you know, sometimes the, the side trails, the rabbit trails are, are just as important as the main trail. Sometimes we need to stay on the rabbit trail. But we'll take a little diversion from the rabbit trail tonight. But um, in Philippians chapter 4, in the fourth verse, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, again, I say rejoice. Notice that that's a command. That wasn't, that wasn't an ask. Hey, if you think about it, why don't you rejoice a little bit? Rejoice when it feels good. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'm going to emphasize, and again, everybody say again, and again, I say rejoice. So he's, uh, Paul, by the Spirit of God, is, is giving us instruction here. I mean, our rejoicing is not uh, voluntary. If Jesus is our King and our Lord, it's not voluntary, right? Rejoicing is the language of the believer. Amen. Moaning and groaning and complaining is not the voice of the believer. Just ask the children of Israel. It didn't work out real well for them when they did that. We don't want to be like that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Now, like I said, there are things that are going on in our nation, things that are going on in our, uh, whether it be in political or in the, 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 uh, you know, the, the social realm. Let's not be alarmed by it. Let's not be anxious for these things. Uh, the Amplified of this verse, I pulled this up. It says, don't fret or have any anxiety about anything, 
but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to God. I just say this, listen, we, 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 are, we are not allowed to be alarmed. I said we're not allowed to be alarmed. Being alarmed is, is, is akin to being anxious. Being alarmed, now being aware is different, but being alarmed is a part of being anxious. Listen, God did not call us to be anxious. He did not call us to, to be worried. He did not call us to be fretful. We've got the answer. There's no reason for us to be alarmed. Are y'all out there? We know the beginning from the end and we're on the right side, right? We have the scriptures, we have his word on it. In the end, we know we win. And so there's no reason to be alarmed. And when things happen that we see in scriptures that the Bible says surely will come to place, well, then when it starts happening, don't let it bother you. Stand in prayer, right? And do what the scripture says, respond the right way. We're not called to be, to be anxious. We're called, called to act in faith. That's what we've been called to do. And so, uh, uh, like I said, you know, obviously the Lord wants us to have peace and wants us to, to live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. This is good, but something that the Lord brought my attention to and, 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 and I know it's something we know, but you know, this is our local body. This is, this is, this is our, our realm of influence. This is where we are, right? This is, we've been called to, you know, to, to help pastor this flock, right? And so something the Lord just, uh, 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 Pointed out to me, and we've, we've all seen it before, but I want to point it out tonight. Let me get back to it. In First Timothy chapter 2, it says, Praying for kings and all who are in authority, that we, we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence and dignity, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So what, what are you talking about tonight, Pastor Greg? Well, we've been called to pray... But it's important that our motivation be correct. It's important that our heart be tied to the right thing and pray from the right place and not pray from the wrong place because it's praying from the right place where there's power to our prayer. But when we don't pray according to the will of God for the wrong reason, if our, if our prayers influenced by the wrong thing, we short circuit the power of God. Go to James chapter two. Hold your place in first Timothy, James chapter two. And I know you know this verse as well. I wrote it down. I'm sorry, James chapter 4. James the fourth chapter, that's right. This verse 1 says, Where do, where do wars and fights come from among you? They don't, do they not come from your desires for pleasures that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet. And cannot, cannot obtain, you fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not, because you do not ask. Verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures or on your pleasures. It says you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. And like I said, this scripture, the, these verses just stood out to me and I wanted to just, just briefly look at this tonight. Why are we praying what is the reason behind what we're praying in 1 Timothy chapter 2? Like I said, this is, this is something he said always. We're to pray. This is what we're to do continually. We're, we're to continually to pray for these things, for, for our leaders, people of influence. We're called to do that. 
It, it's really, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a seasonal thing. It's a calling because we're salt and light. It's a part of our responsibility because we're to preserve. We're here to protect. That's, that's our job. And uh, so we're praying for those of influence because I'm not making the decisions naturally. Somebody else is, so I want my prayer to help them. But James tells us that you ask and do not have because you ask amiss. Uh, uh, And so I think it's important that we look at this and make sure we're asking the right things and for the right reasons. It is so easy in any area to pray, and for lack of a better word or better phrase, to pray with an agenda. It's so easy to pray with some sort of an agenda. And, and, and I'm going to just say this. An agenda is not wrong. It just has to be the right agenda. Agendas are good, but it's got to be the right agenda. And sometimes a version of the right agenda becomes our agenda or a part of it or becomes the main focus when it's not the main focus. This scripture says, we exert, first of all, I keep saying exert. We exhort, first of all. So if I, ex- if I say exert, know what I mean, exhort, Right. We exhort, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, all who are in authority, that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Oftentimes, and I just, I just know this in my heart, I know this to be true, and, and maybe not in your life, but as a whole, I think it's a bigger problem than, than people want to admit to, the reason why they're praying for those in leadership, praying for those people in authority and positions of influence is so that we would lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. You say, well, isn't that what it said? It is a part of what it said, and it is a result of praying for people in leadership, praying for people in authority, but it's not God's purpose behind it. Now, like I said, God wants us blessed. I said, God wants you and I blessed. He wants us to lead quiet and peaceable lives. He wants that for us. Like I want it for my children. You want it for your children. You want it for your friends, your family. That's what you want. But it goes on to say, says, this is good and acceptable. The praying for believers, praying for uh, leaders, people in positions of authority, people in positions of influence, that we may ha- lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, Here is God's reason who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now we read verse four when we always read these verses, we read verse four in connection with it and they all go together. The spirit of God instructed Paul to write this to Timothy and they put them together for a reason. They're tied together. They're a part of one another But he real plainly tells us that God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's where ultimately where God's baseline decision and heart is at, is that people come to know him. Listen, if our prayers are are based upon wanting to have a good, quiet, peaceable life, which is not, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not, first of all, based and founded in the desire that God has for people to come to the knowledge of the truth, we rob the power of our prayers and we short circuit what God wants to do and what he's able to do. Listen, I want, I want our nation to continue. I want the right things socially and all these things to be what they should be. But we also understand in the last days that darkness will grow. We, we, we do have, we do have, Jesus said in the last days, lawlessness will abound. 
Didn't he say that? I don't know about you, but I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, any amount of our prayers can change what the Lord Jesus said would happen. Right? I mean, we, we, he said these things will happen. So when we, he, he said it. Paul said that in the last days, all these things will happen, the condition of the world, and in the condition of people in the church, those aren't good things. Those aren't, those aren't honorable, reputable things. They're, they're, he, he said these things would happen. So we need not be alarmed by these things, but having said that, well, do we just throw caution to the wind and just say, just, just let, let darkness have its way? No, we're still salt and light. That's still what we're called to do. And we've been called and told that it's good and acceptable that we pray for these things. He, the Lord, God says it's good and acceptable that we pray for this and we pray for leaders. We pray for people in positions of influence so we can lead quiet and peaceful lives. But the point, the bottom line point for him is because he desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I know it seems like it's a little deal, but it actually is a very big deal that our motivation must be the heart of God and not a byproduct of the heart of God. Now, the heart of God is encompassing. He covers a lot of things, but he desires that all men. That is the whole reason why Jesus came was to seek and to save the lost. Period. He had everything before, right? He was lacking nothing. He was the Godhead, part of the Godhead. He was, he was, he, he, Jesus had everything. Why did he choose to come? Why did he choose to lay down his life? Why did God send him? Why did all of these things happen? He came to do the will of the father, which was to seek and to save the lost. That's what he came to do. What's our vision of our church? Acts chapter 26, turn there. Acts the 26th chapter. I want to read this to you. Is this all right tonight? I thought, man, this might be a short message tonight. It, it's ended up not being super short, but that's all right. Acts 26. But rise, verse 16. This is the vision of our church, the vision that the Lord gave pastor in 1980. What was it? 86, 1986. He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't given us something else. This is still the vision of our church. Aren't you glad we're not walking to somebody else's vision out? We have our own to do, right? In the moment we don't have a vision, our church is in trouble. So embrace it. This is the vision of our church, right? But rise and stand on your feet. It means be the people you've been called to be. Stand up. For I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. And we can stop right there and say, that's really exciting. Because, yeah, thankful for what he's shown us, but I can't wait for something else. How I many know we want the other things? He's shown us a lot of great stuff, but I also want to know the other things that he has yet to reveal. I want to know those things. I want to see those things. I want to I experience those things. And that's wonderful. But it's really easy to stop right there in what you're actually pursuing and not continue on the rest of the vision of the church, right? And, and, and I personally believe if we don't continue on the rest of the vision, it short circuits that part of the vision. Why do we need to see more if we're not getting the point behind it? Why do we need to see more and know more if we're not, if we're not walking out the, the, the result of seeing and knowing more, Right? Brother Hagin said it, pastor said it for years, when it comes to obeying the Lord, when hearing from God, do what he's already told you to do, right? Walk those things out and then more light will come. Well, until we walk out what we already know, well, then why would he give us more things to see and know? The Bible does say knowledge puffs up. And so if knowledge becomes our pursuit, 
then what happens? We, we run the risk of saying, Hey, look at me. I've arrived. Listen, no matter how much we know, we've never arrived. No matter how much we know God knows way more, no matter how much we think we've got it under control. We've been here about this long. We know about even because even that time wasn't even productive. We know about even that much, right? But knowledge makes people think you've got it all figured out. You got to put it into practice. You got to put it into application. You have to put it in, into work in order for there to be a need for more white light. If you can't handle what you already know, God was not going to give you anything else. Well, I'm praying God to tell me what to do. Well, what did he already tell you to do? Well, God speak to me. He has. What has he said? He said, I'll make you a minister and a witness. And that's something we have to accept. We've got to take that responsibility. We've got to see ourselves as a minister and a witness, right? And allow God to use us as a minister and a witness. You know, that's more than just being stationary. Hey, man, that's more than just doing the bare minimum, right? He says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people, verse 17, as well as to the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Why was he sending them? Why is there wisdom? Why is there revelation? Why is he going to open our eyes? Why is he going to show us more things? To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. There's a point to the wisdom. There's a point to to the revelation. There's a point to it. And yes, it's good. It's great for us. And it's a wonderful thing. But it's it's not the driving factor behind it. He, it's, it's to open men's eyes, people's eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, then they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance. So we have to know what that inheritance is, but why, like I keep saying it, why learn more about our inheritance just so we can enjoy more for ourselves. There's, there's a point behind it and there are people outside of these doors That's, that's the vision of our church. Well, when it comes to praying for our, our country, our nation, our land, our, the world, God desires all men be saved. He desires this. And it's so easy. I don't know about anybody else. I caught myself. The Lord had to deal with me not that long ago about praying from the wrong place and having the wrong, uh, the wrong motive attached to some things. And at times falling into being, 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 praying as an American, a God-fearing American, right? And I'm a God-fearing American. Like I said, I've traveled. I'm, I'm thankful for the United States, right? I'm thankful for it. But you do realize that God is not an American. You do know that, right? You, you do know God, he's not an American. He's not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. He's not a communist. He's not a socialist. He's not, he's not a capitalist. He's not a democratic person. He's not a democratic leader. That's not who he is. That's, that's not God. He's not an American. Now I do believe God's hand is upon us as a nation has been because we've Our nation was founded under godly principles. It was a refuge for those who were looking to serve God and to be able to do things. Now, and and, and we've the 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 America has has done much for the kingdom of God. 
But let's be honest, America's also done much for the kingdom of darkness as well. There's been a lot of nonsense in there too. But as long as there's light in it, we need the light to continue. Well, I found myself at times being motivated in prayer. And really, it, it was not because I... It wasn't intentionally, I was being motivated by the fact that I wanted to lead a good and quiet and peaceful life, partly out of kind of anxiety. How I many of fear is not, is, not, is not a good motivator, especially not in the kingdom of God. Fear should never motivate us because if I don't pray, we see what's happening. And if we don't pray, it might get worse. That's not a good motivator. Now, it might motivate you to flap your gums, but it won't motivate you to connect your heart to it. It won't motivate you to make power available. It won't motivate you to do kingdom business. It'll motivate you to spend your time and spend your wheels. He said here, he said, you ask. And James said, you, you pray and you don't receive because you ask amiss. You have the wrong heart behind it. What is your point tonight, Pastor Greg? Our prayers must continue, not just during certain times of the calendar. This is something we've been called to do all the time, but our motivation Our heart behind it, the thing that drives us, must be the thing that drives the heart of God. And the thing that drives the heart of God above everything else. Yes, he wants you blessed. Yes, he wants you happy. Yes, he wants all of those things. He wants that for you. But he he also knows this is not your home. He also knows this is not your... Listen, our reward is pretty crazy. I mean, his, his ultimate desire for us, for us personally, is pretty amazing. Brother Kenny went home yesterday. Brother Kenny is seeing the extravagance of God's will for us eternally as individuals. Kenny has walked over and seeing, it's better than having a white picket fence around your house, you know. It's better than having the latest car when it comes out. The plan, the, God's will towards us is way better than anything we've ever seen here, Right? I oftentimes think the very, the very uh, best thing that I've experienced here, seen here, will be the worst thing I'll ever know, right? Because once I step over on the other side, everything here is, is like, whatever. Anybody else ever thought, you know, after, after, the, after you know, the, 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 you know uh, we come back with the Lord, you know, after the thousand or, or, the, or the, the seven years we've been in heaven, come back, I wonder what my house will look like. Anybody ever thought that, you know, what, nobody but just me? No, nobody's thought a word. A couple, a couple of people have. I'm just wondering, you know, what, we'll, 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 we'll have squatters have been living here, you know. Well, other people, I mean, I've thought about, you know, uh, uh, should I hide stuff for people in the house? You know, write down. Actually, you be, to be quite honest with you, I have actually done some of that. Wrote notes, scriptures. Some of them may actually come into my house during that period of time and need an answer. And that crazy preacher that disappeared, when aliens got, you know, that'll be the story. The aliens took him out, right? That crazy preacher, I found this notebook in there that's got some stuff in there that can help me. That might seem silly to you, but to me personally, that, that's, that's thinking eternally. That's an eternal mindset because just when I'm here, the plan of God's still being done. When, when I'm gone, just because I'm not here, the plan of God's still happening here. And those people going to need it, Right? But I thought, you know, maybe I'll come back, see our house, you know, and, and I realized there'll be no desire for me to come check it out because it'll pale in comparison to what I have as a reward to faithfulness. It's far better. There's no point in even thinking about it. It's way better. So God wants us to be blessed, but, but he knows this isn't our ultimate home. This is, this is not our final destination. Scripture, I want you to turn. Let me find it. Uh, 
need some like music playing in the background. <laughs> some waiting music. All right. <laughs> this is what happens when you have notes all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. You're in you're in First Timothy. Go to Second Timothy. Yeah, that's right. Second Timothy, chapter two. Second Timothy, second chapter. Let's we'll start in verse 1. It says, You therefore, this is 2 Timothy 2 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ and the things that you have heard uh, from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I thank God we've all been given this ability to teach, right? You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Notice he didn't say avoid it, he didn't say just try to pray your way out of it. He didn't say that. He said, endure it. You must endure hardship as a good soldier in Jesus Christ. Verse 4. Now, I just want to reference. Go back to it to make sure we're clear. There's, no, there's, no wrong, there's nothing wrong with believing God for the things that you need. You should do that. That's faith. God loves that. He's excited when you walk in faith on your daily life and you, 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 you allow him to move. In. He, he loves that. God's all about that, right? He doesn't want to be consumed with these things. But in verse 4 it says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. That, uh, that word um, entangles is actually, uh, another word for that in the Greek was inweave. That means to, to, to weave in or together, to introduce into or to combine or diversify with something woven in. He doesn't want, a good soldier doesn't diversify their mission, doesn't weave in something else other than the primary objective that they have. Our soldiers in different places around the world, I think they're coming home from Afghanistan or, or different places when they've been there, they, they didn't inweave all these different things into their daily life. Now, the one who sent them takes care of their needs. When they need something, they call up, right? Hey, we need something. But the commander isn't really concerned. Uh, he's not, his primary concern is not, are they happy? From the standpoint of flesh-wise, are they happy? God wants, I, I want to make sure we're clear, God wants us happy, right? And we should be happy. You know, a lot of times that's more of a choice than anything else. Because what the Bible said we read earlier, to rejoice in the Lord always, right? That means to really rejoice, means be glad. Listen, if you can't be glad, get saved. If you can't be glad, get rededicated. Why? Because it's a choice to rejoice. It's a choice to be glad, right? He told us to do this. So he wants us to be happy. In fact, he commanded us to be happy. But at the same point, Paul said here as a soldier, he said soldiers don't, don't get entwined. They don't diversify their mission. I mean, their objective stays their objective, not something else. Their objective is to whatever in some nation, not to, uh, you know, to collect goods for home or to do this or to do that or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? They have a, they have a primary mission, but we need to make sure our mission is the primary mission. And that, that is something we've got to stay on top of. Our pr- prayers must remain, become if they've not been, become and remain effective. And that's not having an agenda. Yes, God does want us to leave a quiet and peaceful life. And that's good to expect it and believe God for it. But our primary motivation, he desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. There's a scripture in uh, Mark 
that says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus was talking and all the things he was talking. He said, I know the things you have need of, all the stuff you need. You have need of this. You have need of that. He said, look at the birds, look at the lilies, look at all this stuff. Listen, your father takes care of them, right? But he said, he said what? He said, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Seek first a heart for people. Seek first a heart for, for the law. Seek first the expanding of the kingdom of God. Remember pastor did the message several years ago where he had everybody put something in their pocket as a reminder, you know, about, about, about the call, the mandate that we have to reach the lost. And when you grab your keys out, you have something there as a reminder, just something practical. Who's still doing that? If we're not careful, other things can take the place of our ultimate mission and we can get busy doing all these other things. And oftentimes it ends up in fights and arguments and all kinds of stuff that are pointless right? When the main mission is he desires people to be born again, to be saved. I want to encourage you. Our prayers must be effective. Our prayers must be effective. At the same point, we must never lose sight of our mission and our, our, our assignment. Now we have a personal assignment to know the Lord. You need to know the Lord for yourself. You need to have your own relationship with God. You need to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your body, with everything you've got. For you personally, you need to love him with everything you've got. And if you can't say that that's true, make the adjustment. You get your Bible out. You start becoming acquainted with who he is. This, this is a roadmap to meeting him, right? And keeping us on track. So get into the word. Spend time in prayer. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with God. Right? That's important for us as individuals, but our mission side, our mission side is to reach people. When you're serving in the ushers, when you're serving in the audio booth, it's a privilege. Why? Because it's part of the mission to reach people, to change lives. It's part of the mission. We shouldn't have to beg people or push people. It's a part of the mission. It's kingdom work. It's his church. We're a part of that. There's no greater calling in this life than to serve the king right? And there's no greater focus than to be focused on the ones whom he, our precious Jesus, our precious savior shed his own blood for. We live in a time where it's self-centered. We live in a time where everything's about us. Everything's social media about confirming what you already think and what you believe in, in, in conforming to your likes and your opinions to this is the culture we live in. I mean, you know, we're not, we're in it, but we're, but we're not of it. We're here, but we're above those things. We've not been called to operate like they, like everything else. We're called to operate above it, to influence chains for the kingdom of God. That's what we've been called to do. That's who we are. We're ambassadors. We're representatives. That's who we are. I believe it'll help us in our prayers if we'll make sure our motivations are right. America's great. I love it. There's a lot of things in this life that are great and I love. All of it will pass away. And what's coming next is far better in every single category, in every single way. It's better. 
It's better. It's better. And I want as many people to enjoy it with me as, as possible. And I can't take on the weight of everything, but I can do my job, what he's called me to do. You can do your job, what he's called you to do, but you can only do it if your attention's in the right place. Your prayer can only be effective if our attention's in the right place. Like I said, something the, the, the Lord just uh, dealt with me about this week, something I've been endeavoring to do, but I thought, well, I'll, I'll mention it. I'll mention it next time I'm, I'm, I'm so, no, We need to spend a little bit of time talking about it. It's so important. And I've been talking for 48 minutes. I really thought well, probably, I might go like just 25 minutes or something. And <laughs> We've got so much work to do. We've got so much work to do, but the good news is we are graced to do it. We are graced to do it. I'm telling you, you want to know my heart? My heart is to reach the lost. My heart, and my heart is to live a quiet and peaceful life. My heart, my heart is for all of these things. But man, I want to see people know Jesus. I want, to leave, I, want to, I want us to leave our mark on this earth. Right? For the kingdom of God. I want us to leave our mark for the kingdom of God. I love what, what uh, you know, Chris Rylam said, you know, about all these ministers. He thought, you know, one of these days maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll arrive and I'll have a jet airplane like everybody else. He's just joking, obviously, if you know uh, Brother Christopher. Hallelujah, right? If you know Brother Christopher. He said, you know, he said all these, all these ministers who go after all this stuff or people, Christians in general. He's like, you know, when it's all said and done, their pile of junk will just be bigger than my pile of junk. As cool as Porsches are, they're not going to have Porsches in heaven. Jack did promise to buy me one. I'm reminding him every time I can. He said, Dad, when I grew up, I'm going to buy you a Porsche. I'm reminding him. Where's he at? There he is. All right. <laughs> Make that money, son. Buy me a Porsche. All right. So anyway, heaven's gonna have, our ride in heaven will be far better than a Porsche. Right? God's got good things for us. Let's not get caught up pursuing the wrong things or our alternative, getting entangled, diversifying our mission. Let's not diversify what God's called us to do. Amen? Praise you. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Pastor, anything you want to add or anything? Or you want to correct Mark on his scripture reference from earlier? (laughs) Praise God. You know, all of these things are just simple decisions you make. Just simple adjustments you make and and things you have to watch yourself on. And and things you've got to, 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 to maintain, you know a constant watch over, you know, life can, can become, can seem more important than it is. Things can look more important for your time. Things can look more important for your energy. Things can look more important for your focus. Things can look more important for your joy, right? It's a decision to keep first things first. We'll, we'll seek the plan of God. We'll do what he's called us to do. We'll be fully involved. We'll be, we'll be in a hundred percent going after what he wants all of these things are going to be added to us. They're all going to be added. They're all going to, they're all, it's all, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. Amen. Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. We honor you. We're so thankful for your faithfulness tonight. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for helping us and directing us. Lord, it's our desire to follow you, to follow your example, Lord, but also to follow your heart and everything that we do. Father, I'm asking for uh, 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 tonight just grace on each of us, your ability, your help to continue to see things the way we need to see them.
people the way we need to see them. Father, people at our job, they're not our problem. Our boss isn't our problem. Family, those people aren't our problem. They're other, other, whatever. That's not our problem. It's, it's our, it's our, they're our mission. They're our opportunity to show your goodness. They're opportunities to, to, to do kingdom business. Father, we are thankful for that. We're thankful for that. What good would it be to not have a job? And you've given us an assignment here. You've given us things to do. We are grateful for that. Lord, help us to see it more clearly, recognize it more clearly, understand our place in it more readily. Father, we do thank you for opening our eyes and revealing things to us so that we can be more effective. Yes, at having all those things that belong to us. Yes, Jesus paid for them. And so we want those things. But ultimately, to have the thing that has your heart, and that's to reach people. Open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, an inheritance amongst in the saints, all the things that you've secured for them. Father, that's our heart's desire. Lord, help us to grow in this. Help us to see it, to recognize it more clearly every single day. Father, we love you. We honor you. We're so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing in this earth. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.